Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blenderhead, your buddy Blender HD. You can follow me there on Twitter. And this is the show, as you should know already, if you're here, where we go over uh, yesterday's yesterday's slate a bit, do a little review, a little review review of uh, results DB, see what some top players did in uh, some large field GPPs. Then we talk about uh, the today's slate uh, to some extent. It's a six-game slate, and uh, and we got some moving parts. We got some some people, big big people on the injury report, and uh, as, as you've experienced, if if you've listened to this show in podcast form, because you could you could do that, you could subscribe on iTunes, Roto Grinders DFS pregame show. So feel free to go there, rate and review it if you can. Uh, that um, a lot of stuff that we talk about, if we talk about players and construction and strategies for today's slate in NBA, kind of doesn't matter. <laughs> it kind of doesn't matter. I mean, look at yesterday. The, the, we thought it would be a quiet slate. Okay, we know what's going on. And then we don't know what's going on. That happens That happens so often. So, uh, so uh, talking about picks and plays and locks and stuff, we don't really do on this show. We talk about strategy. Answering your strategy questions, obviously, if you're here in YouTube, you get priority. I love my YouTube people. I see my YouTube people here, Jupocalypse, Card Fan, Meat Plow, Hog Lawrence, Daniel Hutchings, Johnny Compton. I see you guys in there. So if you if you want if you if you're listening later, if you want to get your question, no matter what it is, I'll I'll, I'll answer anyone. The, the YouTube people are my priority because they hit the thumbs up button. Those thummy thumbs keep my apple juice cold. Keep my, it's almost finished or whatever, but you can keep it cold if you can throughout the course of the show. So hit those thummy thumbs, hit the subscribe scribes, and hit the notification belly bells or whatever. Then I'm going to go live as usual. So yesterday, yesterday, I'm, I'm getting sick. Maybe. I'm, I've been saying this for the past three weeks, right? You think, you think you know what's going on. You think you know what's going on until you don't know what's going on, right? We had yesterday, yesterday, the, the main story from yesterday that we knew about was Giannis being out, okay? And he was ruled doubtful, I mean, which essentially means out, the night before, and the prices already came out on both sites. So we knew that Middleton, Drew Holiday, and some of the other guys, Bobby Portis, were going to be, we're going to be the top choices for you to play in your lineups. And then we also had Lamella Ball, who's probably out for the season with a fractured wrist. So we have, uh, you know, guys like Rogier or Graham. I mean, even Hayward. I mean, Zeller was out, so you still have Biombo there if you wanted to play him. So you still have the Hornets there. And then we have Kemba sitting, injury, you know, management, you know, rest. Uh, so that, you know, bumped up guys like uh, like Tatum and Brown and I guess Smart. Uh, to some extent, and uh, and then 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 we get the news in the middle of the day. Horford's gonna Horford's gonna rest. That means that bumps up Moses Brown now. Moses Brown ended up starting because Basley's out also. So you have Roby and Brown there, but SGA was in. And then we got uh, Oladipo was sitting, and then we got then Porter was out for the Rockets, and. Uh, so, so it opened up, uh, you know, some some rock if you want to play Wall. I mean, Wall had a triple-double yesterday at fairly low ownership. But, I mean, we look, look, look down here. I mean, we have the Brogdon Turner. Oh, what happened there? 
right? They were game time decisions. And then all of a sudden Brogdon and Turner, they're out. So that bumps up guys like Sabonis, TJ McConnell. We thought TJ McConnell and then Ed, Edmund Summer, Sumner starts. So that now bumps up Levert a bit. But still McConnell was going to play a ton anyway. And then, uh, and then uh, out of the blue, off the injury report, whatever, uh, Jason Tatum is sick. And he's not going to play. Just screw it. He ain't going to play. So that now, now that bumps up Tice. Jeff Teague entered the starting lineup after not even playing. He ended up playing 35 minutes. I mean, they went to OT anyway. And then we also had the Bobby Portis was in the starting lineup and then wasn't in the starting lineup. Pat Connaughton started. So what did you do there? That this, this is what NBA DFS is. If you think if you think you could just set your lineups at 7:30 last night and just go and gallivant around, I'm done. I'm done. Right? I'll go lay on the couch, go take a nap or something. You can't do that. You have to, you have to be here the whole time. You don't know. People just said they were the injury report is just you know you know Ernest Hemingway was a great writer of fiction, but not a great not as great of a writer as the people that do the NBA injury report. That's a great work of fiction, all right. The injury report. Do we even bother with it anymore? What's the point, right? Tatum. I mean, Tatum just. I'm sick. Done. Not even on the injury report. Then we game time decisions. They warm up and they still don't play. So who knows? Who cares, right? But what do we do yesterday? Yesterday, the chalk just smashed, other than maybe Devontae Graham. But if, I mean, we, we, had, we had tops of GPPs with lineups that are virtually cash lineups. Portis crushed in limited minutes. He, he benefited from uh, Brooke Lopez foul trouble. A lot, of, a, lot, a lot of places had him projected at like 28 minutes. He only played 25. And, and two of them were going to like blowout, blowout run. So me personally, I understand why like Petty Theft was under, Odds uh, Pat was under, E. Hafner was under, and Corfield AK was under. I understand being under on, on, on Bobby Portis. Or on DraftKings. FanDuel, you could do whatever the hell you want. But like Middleton and, and Drew Holiday. Like I mean, Drew Holiday, I mean, he nearly went for 10x. E. Hafner had under on him. I thought, I mean, I thought. You could just build all of your lineups around that. Drew Holiday, Middleton, Jalen Brown with no Tatum and no Kemba there. And then you also had Moses Brown or like Zubach as your as one of your cheap centers. I mean, they all hit. Everyone hit. Anthony Edwards didn't. I didn't realize how chalky he was going to be. Why was he 26% on yesterday? I don't know. That's one thing I don't get. E. Hafner and Royal Payne 21 had a bunch, but most... Most most sharp players actually were under on Edwards yesterday. I don't see the need to play a seven K shooting guard small forward. You probably play you're playing Middleton Holiday. I mean, unless you're doing it as a pivot or something, because you or you're going up to Sabonis, or you're playing Marcus Smart at a lower price, or you're playing as 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 leverage. You're playing Divincenzo. So let's say you don't play a lineup with Middleton. You're playing Divincenzo instead. John Wall was supposed to be on a minutes limit and then a triple-double in 36 minutes. The Rockets finally won a game, at least. Okay, they won a game. Christian Wood wasn't on the didn't end up being on a minutes limit, but he got, I mean, he got three fouls in the first half. So that kind of forces him to have a minutes limit. 
I think Christian Wood played nearly every minute of the second quarter, uh, the second half. I think he played like 19 second half minutes. So whatever, whatever they say about minutes limits, you take it with a grain of salt. And sometimes you have the minutes limits that are about equal to how how much you're going to play anyway. Tyrese Halliburton is going to be on a minutes limit of 30 to 32. Well, that's what he plays. So what's the what's the point of saying anything? But it gets people off of him. So like John Wall's ownership goes down to to 12%. Not many people played McConnell. I mean, McConnell had a, I mean, he didn't get a, didn't get a snowflake, but he didn't have a great game. Levert, Levert salvaged. Levert in the beginning was, ugh. But he ended up he ended up getting what six x a little over six x for his price. Chipotle attic had a bunch. Petty theft had a bunch. But what you did with T.J. McConnell and Paris Levert were all dependent on, like, what does what does Sumner being in the starting lineup mean? Well, it doesn't mean anything. He doesn't do anything. Who cares? Pat Connington got there. Thirty six point seven five. Terry Rozier. I think Terry Rozier was a, a better play on FanDuel than on DraftKings, but if you played him on DraftKings, you got there. Not many people. Petty Theft had a bunch. Biombo. It seemed like he, he went a lot on the, the Charlotte guys. Marcus Smart. Let's see. Malik Monk. Well, he didn't have that much Mal- uh, Malik Monk's here. How about Hayward? No, 5%, but still more than more than most. Because Hayward was only 5% owned also. Rubio, he had a, he had a good game, barely owned, more and more on Fanduel. Then Jeff Teague at three three percent. Utica had a bunch. But I, under, I understood the wariness of Teague. Like it make it makes sense that you like okay, he's stepping into the starting lineup. He's going to play alongside Marcus Smart, Semi Ojale. Jalen Brown and and Daniel Tice. Like he should have opportunities. I mean, he scored a lot of his points in, in the OT in the the, the the fourth quarter. But maybe obviously it was a, a late swap type of situation. And we've seen we've seen plenty of times before that Teague starts and then Peyton Pritchard comes in and he, he gets lost. Teague ends up playing 18 minutes. So I get it. It could easily have happened that way. I mean, he went from literally not playing, from DNPing to playing 35 minutes. So if you wanted to embrace that volatility, go, go for it. Okay, I get it. At th- at 3.83% owned, I, I would have. I would have thought he would have been a little bit more. He would have ended up coming in like 10%. Because it was a late swap situation. So I understand, like, Teague, Teague is on, nowhere, on no one's radar before lock. You're only he's only on the radar once the starting lineup for the Celtics comes out. But chalk constructions won yesterday. I mean, if you if you just jammed in the chalk, I mean, you probably had a good day. And GPPs, I mean, who cares about cash? Cash the cash lines were ridiculous. But I mean, that's what happens when the chalk hits. I mean, Bobby Portis went for nearly 10x. Middleton went for almost 7x. Jalen Brown went for. Six six X. Moses Brown went for six and a half X. Drew Holiday s- smashed. Nine X. Carl Anthony Towns even. You know, goes for what? He, he went for six X. Edwards didn't get there. Sabonis, you didn't need him. Zubach made six X on his salary. Even SGA got there. 
John Wall, obviously. Fred Van Vliet got there. Lavert got there. Halliburton was viable. Connington smashed. Rogier got there. I mean, like it's like all the chalk. I mean, if we take a look at, I mean, the winning lineup. Kyle Anderson is in. Okay, I guess it's Sterling Brown. Yeah, he went off. Maybe he needed one of these guys to fill in. If you go go to some of these lineups, Rashawn Holmes. But still, look, Portis, Holiday, Brown, Brown, Middleton. I mean, look, look at high, look at how high owned this lineup is: fifty six percent, forty four, forty one, forty one, fifty eight. Royal Payne over here, Jeremy Lamb. But outside of like the this is this is what I mean by not by not going directly by ownership sum when it comes to leverage, okay? So we talk about ownership sum. Oh, the ownership, the, the sum of the owner, they don't have a guy, don't have a lineup that, you know, has a high ownership sum for large GPPs. Well, this has a high ownership sum. Just look at all the chalk that's in there. 41 plus 44 is 85 plus 135 plus 143. Plus 184, plus 190, 240, 260, I mean, this is like 270 ownership sum. If you would have done this out in lineup HU, whatever you would have done, you, you may have not had a lineup. You may have just said 270 is too high. I'm not going to play it. Well, you can because it's like all the chalk and then like a 1% and a 3% on guy. So this would have been enough leverage, even though you're playing like all the chalk. You're playing six chalk players and then two like sub 3% on guys. You can do that. It's not just playing like mid-range and, you know, playing a bunch of guys. Those are leverage also, but their ownership sums will be lower. But they have the same amount of leverage. So you can't just go by ownership sum. But understand that if you're going to play a ton of chalk, you have to find one or two spots where it's not just off the beaten path. It's really off the beaten path. You have to find sub 5% on guys, not not 10%, 15% on guys. Take a look at Giant Squid's best lineup. Same type of situation. Chalk City, and then like Jeff Teague. Terry Rozier, 9%. I mean, look, 369 it's close. Mr. Mist. Very similar. I mean, I mean the chalk smashed yesterday. So we're going to see a lot of chalk in the, in the top lineups. But that's why the scores were so high. But you see that you could have smashed the chalk and still been 20 or 30 points behind. When chalk lineups are at the top and the scores are really high, you need a you need like a near perfect lineup. So me personally in GPP, like these aren't the slates that I win GPPs. I like lowing, lower scoring slates. So don't be results oriented. Don't be, oh, oh, so I got you just smash the chalk every night. Like, dude, we, we've been playing. We've been playing for, for three months already. Smashing the chalk every night is, is, is you're going to lose money doing it. We've seen too, too many chalk players bust. Just so happened that they all got there yesterday. They all pretty much got there. I guess Devontae Graham. But he was so cheap. It's not like... It's, I don't, I'm not even sure Devontae Graham has a snowflake on DraftKings. So, like, 
It's not like he was a dud. It's just that you didn't you didn't score enough raw points for the lineups that you needed in these contests. Uh, let's see. HCP, the locker room, asks, question Blender, would you stack MLB for cash? Seems like it would be all or nothing type of bet and not advantageous. You have to think, okay. This is what I, why I don't like these questions, because it shows that you're not thinking. You have to think. What, what is your purpose in cash games? So that, that's the question you need to ask. What is your purpose? What makes cash games? Double ups, 50-50s, head-to-heads, triple ups maybe? Different from GPPs. What makes them different? Well, look, one thing, the main thing, is that the payout structure is different. The GPPs, 100000 to first. 5,000 to 10th, and, you know, it goes down from there. You have to come in the top, like, 20-ish percent, 22%, something like that, to get a 1.5x payout. In cash games, you play 124-man double-up, top half of the field, you know, top 50, 55th percentile, top 45%, get double their money. Coming in first and coming in just under the, just by the cash line, same thing. Okay. So that's the purpose. That's that's the goal. That that's what makes them different. You just have to come in the top half. Just have to beat one opponent. You don't have to beat twenty thousand opponents. And progressively, and the more points you score, the more money you make. And double ups, you did the more points you score, the not the more money you make. You don't make any anything extra. Come in first in a double up, you screwed up. Right? You have, you have too many wasted points. Now, stacking has to do with correlation. Correlation and leverage are ways to get further up the standings using game theory. By increasing the variance of your lineup. By increasing the relative value of your lineup. That's what, that's what correlation and leverage do. Correlation increases your variance. Leverage increases your relative value. They're beneficial in GPPs because... The higher you score, the higher you place, the more money you make. In cash games, you don't get that. So correlation and leverage, what do they mean in, in double-ups? Not much, if anything. So what's your goal? To come in the top half. So shouldn't you play just whatever whatever players uh, maximize that, that probability? No matter what team they're on? Regardless of correlation, regardless of ownership, regardless of anything. What can I do to maximize my shot in coming in the top half of this contest? End of story. If it so happens to be a stack, sure, great. If one team is undervalued to that extent, where four or five of their hitters are the best values, salary adjusted on, on, the, on the slate, sure, okay. But if they're not, then they're not. So that's what you should be thinking. So like when when you ask the question, would you stack an MLB for cash? That shows you're not thinking. What is the purpose of correlation? What is the purpose of leverage? What is the purpose of projection? Those three levers. Why would you stack them? And and why would you stack in, in anything to increase the variance of your lineup? Well, in cash games, variance hurts you. You want to lower your variance. So I wouldn't purpose I don't I don't want to sacrifice projection to increase my variance. 
in cash games. I want to do that in GPPs. So no, I don't go stacking an MLB. No, I'm not going to. I never purposely stack in cash games in MLB. Obviously in GPP, that's all you do. It's such a correlative sport. But for MLB, it's just for cash games, just whatever the best value is. Jam in as much as 50000 salary. Give, give it to me. Give me as the highest projection you could possibly give me, and then you're done. That's it. You're done. For GPPs, this is from Joe Wheeler. Is it better to set max ownership for players down to a percentage or bump the number of unique players up? I'm finding I get north of 90% ownership on high RGV guys. We'll set a max cap if you don't want them. Whichever ones you're doing. You should you should be thinking in terms, this is another one. Lineups, not players. Do you want to get 90% exposure? Well, maybe you do. What type of diversification do you want? That's up to you. Are the lineups good? That's all, that's all that matters. Is it better to set what? No, it's better to make good lineups. Make good lineups. There's none... There's no setting in lineup HQ that means anything. There's none. There's no correct setting. Make good lineups. So sit down with pen and paper, hand build 20 good lineups. Yesterday, could all 20 of them have Drew Holiday? Sure. Could only 10 of them have Drew Holiday? Sure. Can none of them have Drew Holiday? Sure. That doesn't matter. You can make you can make plus EV lineups with any combination of obviously they have to be projected to some extent, right? Right. You know, you sacrifice so much projection by not playing any Bucks yesterday, right? Or, or Celtics or something. But there are lineups. There are good plus EV lineups that have Middleton and no Holiday. There, are, there were lineups that have no that have Holiday and no Middleton. There are lineups that didn't have Jalen Brown but have Jets, Jeff Teague. That had Jeff T, that that dead Brown, but no team. That had Connaughton, but no Portis. Right? You could have made a ton of those types of lineups. That had Carl Anthony Towns as a payup option and no Moses Brown. Some that had Moses Brown and no Towns. I mean, the the possibilities were endless. Make 20 of them. And then once you make 20, make one of them. So make one of them. Then make a second one. And then make a third one. And then make a fourth one. That's all you need to do. Once you make those 20, now now take that piece of paper, put it on the side and go, okay, these 20 lineups. Now go into lineup HQ and make those 20. Put the settings in so you get those 20 lineups. You could do it. There's all the settings will allow you to do that. You look at you look at your lineups and go, oh, it looks like I have 50% of this guy. And it looks like I have 40% of that guy. It looks like I'm always paying down at center, right? You're always you're going to have a Zubac or a Brown in your lineup. So like, okay, so how do I tell lineup HQ about these 20 lineups? So that when I press the build button on lineup HQ and I build 20 lineups, I get those exact 20 lineups. Now, it's going to be hard in the beginning, especially. And most likely, you may not get all 20 exact. You probably won't. But you could get very, very damn close. Right? Because you could even exclude all the players that are not even in any of the lineups that you just hand-built. The 20 lineups you hand-built, you exclude all the other players. 
right? If we're using Devontae Graham yesterday, then just exclude him, and then you don't have to worry about it. And then you could build the lineups. Well, what settings? Well, whatever settings you need to do in order to build those lineups, right? How many unique players? You may have two lineups that are only different by one player. Well, they need you need to have unique players set to one, right? You're building 20 lineups, 20. Do you have any lineups that are not spending all the salary? Maybe, okay, well, you could set that. Maybe you have, maybe you have a lineup that only spend, that leaves 800 on the table. Well, now you have to put it at 49.2 so you can get that lineup. You look at utility exposure, the way that you built. You don't have any double center lineups. So I'm going to just move all the all the utility exposures up to 100 and not the center. Maybe you look at the ownership of your lineups and it's like, oh, I don't have anything over this or under this. Then you press the 20 button. Then you set your exposures. You go, I have, I have 50% Moses Brown. I have 50% Zubach. Okay, well, now put that in. But whatever settings you need to put in in order to get those 20 lineups. And then you're done. There you go. Now, the next day, you're going to build 20 lineups. That may include that to get those 20 lineups, they may have to completely different settings. <laughs> you're like, well, you know, I'm jamming it hardened to every one of your lineups. Well, obviously, then you're going to be using the lock button and you're going to be doing other things with your settings in order to get all of those lineups. You should never be going into lineup HQ going, I'm just going to take what it gives me and then blame the optimizer. It's not going to make it's going to, it's it's going to jam in as much median this number. That's its only job is to jam as much of this number in. Other than whatever rules you tell it for it not to do it. Yes, I want you to jam in as much of this number as long as and then that's all the settings they have. So we just run, if we just ran 20 lineups right now based on early projections. Get Carmelo Anthony. Okay. We got a bunch of Nets. We got some Lakers, some Warriors. Do you want to play 100% Jordan Poole and James Harden? Maybe you don't. Do you want to play 70% Nicholas Claxton? Maybe you don't. This is what it's going to give you. It's going to give you a lineup with P.J. Dozier in it. Right? Is this a lineup that you want to play? We don't have ownership, so it's it's hard to judge. But maybe not. Maybe you don't want to play this, but it, until you tell it otherwise, it's that's one of the top 20 lineups by median projection as of 427 in the morning. So you have to tell it otherwise. But if you're going in going... Well, I don't, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing to begin with. Well, then how, how, how do you expect to win at DFS? You don't know what you're doing. So many people say, "Oh, the optimizer told me." Optimizer doesn't tell you anything. Anytime I hear anyone that says the optimizer told me, I, I'm, I, I know I'm looking at a losing player. I know I'm looking at someone that doesn't understand how to play DFS. The optimizer doesn't tell you anything. The optimizer is just a calculator. Your your program, you're telling it what to do. Oh, it's giving me a lot of no, no. It's for, the projections are not the the optimizer doesn't care. The optimizer has no care in the world about what players these people. They, they has no idea. Just looking at a number here. If you disagree with the number, then change it. 
right? If you don't think Dennis Schroeder is going to play 35, if you don't think Jeff Green's going to play 32 minutes and you think he's going to play 30, is that a better? You're going to get less of him, right? Our projections team, well, I mean, I probably no, no one has manually adjusted this yet. This is 427 in the morning. But we have 30 minutes for Jeff Green today. But obviously, 30 minutes would give him a median of 24.94 versus the source value of 32, which is 26.6. Being that the optimizer is just trying to give you as much of this number as possible, obviously, if you lower Jeff Green's minutes, you'll get less of Jeff Green. If you raise Jeff Green's minutes, you'll get more of Jeff Green. If you don't think Montrez Harrell is going to play 33 minutes, and he's going to play 32 minutes, that one minute, there, bumps him down one point. But the optimizer is only going only to deal with this number, this F points number. That's it. That's all it cares about. If you leave nothing alone, it's just going to give you the tw- 20 lineups that have the most of that. That's it. Typically, those are cash-type lineups. Those are going to be chalky, non-leveraged, uncorrelated type of lineups, which are fine for cash games. And possibly maybe really small single entry tournaments, but they don't provide cor- correlation or leverage. They don't take into account anything else other than median. So never think of lineup HQ as, as what settings. There's no such, there's, there's no answer. There's no correct answer to what settings. None, zero. Literally any of these settings, these build settings and player groups and everything, when I'm building 100 lineups, They will change dramatically every single day for the lineups that I want to make. Sometimes I have four unique players. Sometimes I have one unique player. Sometimes sometimes I'm setting a player max exposure because I'm not getting more. I don't want more of that that type of lineup. Sometimes I have my salary on shorter slates. I may have my salary down to 48. Sometimes I have it to 50 to 49.9. Sometimes sometimes my guard exposure is all point guards. Sometimes it's no point guards. Sometimes it's double center. I want as many doubles. I want half my lineups to be double center. Sometimes I want, and then I see, then I run that and I go, okay, I don't want that. I want, I want a little bit less double center. So then I run it again. I may run this 50 times. And go, I'm getting too much of this. I'm getting too much of that. I'm getting too many lineups like this. Sometimes I'm setting an ownership. Sometimes I'm setting a min ownership. Sometimes sometimes I'm prioritizing lineups. Sometimes I'm not prioritizing lineups. Sometimes I'm setting up 57 groups. Sometimes I only have four groups. So if you're, trying, if you're getting into DFS and you think that there's actual correct answers, you're wrong. There's, ne- there's no correct answers in DFS. For today's slate, you could probably build about 3,000 lineups that are plus EV in large field GPPs. You could probably, you could easily build 3,000 lineups that I would look at and go, okay, that is a positive expected value. You can't play 3,000 of them. So your job is to play the best, whatever amount. If it's one, it's one. If it's 10, it's 10. Are there lineups tonight that are plus EV that don't have Harden in it? Yes. There are also ones that have Harden in it. There are ones that have Jokic in it. There are ones that don't have Jokic in it. Which ones do you want to build? And then if you're building a lot of them, a bunch of them, how, how diversified do you want to be? Well, that's up to you. We have 10 lineups. Let's say you build 10 lineups. And I tell you, I tell I, if we could calculate it, that the expected value of those 10 lineups are equal to each other. 
They're equal. They're completely equal. That if we played this slate a million times, you'd end up with the same amount of money, positive return, playing lineup one, lineup two, lineup three, lineup four, lineup five, all the way down to 10. All 10 of them are exactly the same. Let's say you had to choose five of them. Does it matter which five you choose? No. Mathematically, it doesn't. Out of those 10 lineups, there's 2v2s and 3v3s the different players in all of them. They're all equal. They're all mathematically equal to each other. You could, you could choose to play five lineups that all have James Harden. Let's say five lineups have James Harden and five lineups don't have James Harden. And you have to choose five out of the 10. You're like, well, I should choose three Hardens and two non-Hardens. Should I choose four Hardens? And should... None of that matters. They're all equal to each other. Literally none of that matters. If you ask me which, which ones to pick, close your eyes and pick them. Mathematically, that's the case. Now, if you want to reduce your variance from slate to slate, be more diversified. It's very similar to the stock market. There's no incorrect or correct stocks in your portfolio. Just a matter of how much risk and how much correlation between the stocks there are. So you could choose all four, five Harden lineups and be like, well, if Harden has a bad day, then none of my lineups could do it, could win. If Harden has a good day, that means I have five shots to win. So that's higher variance, wider range of outcomes. Because your lineups are more correlated to each other. If you choose three and two, you'd be like, well, I have a situation where if Harden does well, I have a shot. And a situation where Harden doesn't do well, I have a shot. But you have less shots. So you're more diversified. Your lineups are not correlated to one another. Which means for one lineup to win, another one is going to lose. They're going to go in opposite directions. If you play all five lineups that are that are all similar except for one player, all your lineups are going to be going together. Other than they can be spaced out by that one guy. That's diversification. There's no which one is correct. There's none of them. They're mathematically equal to each other. Just a matter of on this on the road of playing this slate out a million times. What does that line look like? Like if your EV is going up like this, like it's going to be it's going to be much more steady playing diversified a diversified set of lineups versus playing like I'm just jamming in 100% of six guys and then doing a 2v2. Even if they're mathematically equal, then you're going to have much more bumps. You have bigger swings. Is either a lot of your lineups do well or a lot of lineups do poorly. But mathematically, average-wise, it's the same. So there's no so there's no correct answer. It's my 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 responsibility. Well, it's your risk tolerance. If you're playing within your bankroll, if you're playing properly, bankroll management-wise, it shouldn't matter. Close your eyes and pick whichever, whichever ones you want. I I'm more conservative. I tend to I tend to play more diversified. But there are certain there are slates where. I think strategically the best option is to play as much of one or two guys as I can. And there's not, there's not enough combinations of other lineups that have, that have plus EV situations. So it may be the type of thing where if I'm playing a hundred lineups, maybe I am playing 90% James Harden. Maybe I am playing 90% Jordan Poole. Maybe there may be situations looking at the slate where there are a lot of I could build a lot of plus EV lineups that don't have these two guys in it. And then maybe I choose 
to play a lot more lineups that don't have him in it. So you could have a set of you could have a set of 150 lineups that have 90% James Harden, 90% Jordan Poole, and they could have the exact same EV as a set of 150 lineups that only have 10% of each. These are the types of things that average DFS players find it hard to grasp. That there are that there isn't a correct answer. Do you play Harden? Do you not play Harden? Well, depends on the lineup, depends on the contest. And most likely you could find a lineup that has a similar similar enough or exact even expected value with Harden and without Harden. If you had a choice to play one of them, I am only playing one lineup. Do you play Harden or you don't play Harden? And you know what I would say? Doesn't matter. Build a good non-Harden lineup. Can you can you build a not a non-Harden lineup that is a plus EV in the same way as a hard lineup. If you can, great, then do it. If you can't, well, then play Harden. Find a different place to get different. But that's the that's the. I mean, I'm 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 showing you the main things that average DFS players don't get about the math of the game. That you could build you could build two lineups that have five different players in it, and mathematically be equal to one another. From a probabilistic stance, that the probabilities and the ranges of outcomes of all the players versus the payout structure of the GPP mean that if you simulated it out, if we sim if we simulated this contest out ten thousand times, twenty thousand times, a hundred thousand times, a million times, if we looked at the ROI of one lineup versus the other lineup, they'd be equal or nearly equal to each other. And go, well, but they have five different players in them. Yeah, well, this lineup wins X amount of the time. This lineup cashes in these spots more often than this other lineup. But from an ROI perspective, from an expected value perspective, they're equal to one another. And then and then people ask, well, which lineup do you play? Why well, it close your eyes and flip a coin? Play wherever you want. So, so do I play the Harden lineup or do I play the Jokic lineup? Do I play the Jordan Poole lineup or do I play the Jeff Green lineup? And I'm, I'm like, no, the lineups are equal to one another. The lineup with Harden has has uh, the lineup with Harden has uh, has Nicholas Claxton in it. The one without Harden has Bruce Brown in it, and the one like it's the combination, it's the lineup, it's not the players. So these eight players in combination and with. The projection and the ownership versus these eight players with the projection and the ownership. If we simulated it out a million times, you'd make the same amount of money. So we don't even have to look at the players. Whichever lineup you want to play. If one lineup has Harden, one lineup doesn't have Harden, what does it matter? It, it doesn't matter. It's the lineup as a whole. If, if it, this lineup didn't have Harden, but it had different players in it, and the projection was too low, and the ownership was too high, that lineup wouldn't be plus EV anymore. It would be a bad lineup. So then you wouldn't play it. It's not that you'd, oh, you have to play Harden. It's just you didn't build a non-Harden lineup that is plus EV. It's going to be easy to make plus EV Harden lineups with his projection as high as it is with Kyrie out today with Jordan Poole on DraftKings, maybe not a FanDuel. It's going to be easy. 
You play a bunch of chalk and then you just jam in a bunch of 3% on guys and hopefully he gets there. High variance lineup has a lot of min cash equity, but coming in first is going to be tough. But it could still be plus EV. But you can also build lineups that don't have those guys in it that are about the same amount of return. DJ Keeling says too many people doing research and trying to make a job out of it and makes it no fun. I don't know. I mean, I make a job out of it. This is my job. I find it fun. But I mean, the research part to me is the it's already done for you. I think another misnomer that average players have is that you need to, oh, well, I have a regular job and I don't have all time all day to research or they, they use the term research. I always say, what do you research? What's that a research? I said, well, who's going to be good and what what the matchups are and everything. Is that, do you have projections? They go, yes. I said, so it's done for you. Or build your own model. You build your own model. You, you have to put in a little bit extra time because you have to put in the minutes, the usage, and all that type of stuff also. So you need to know something. If you sign up for Roto-Grinders Premium, click on the link in the description, get $10 off your first month. You get our projections. All of that is done for you. So what, what research do you have to do? I had this conversation with someone yesterday. And they asked me, like, like, how much research do I do? I go, what? None. Zero. What research is there? There's no research. What, what research? What would I do? You're going to see with baseball coming up that, like, dude, I don't look at any stats. I mean, I don't look at any stats in any sport, but, I mean, baseball, there are a lot of stats. What, what research do I have to do? What's the strikeout rate of this pitcher? I have no idea. I mean, I could tell. I mean, I yeah, Jacob DeGrom strikes out a lot of people. I mean, I know that, right? Garrett Cole strikes out a lot of people, right? There's And there's a certain John Lester, you know, maybe doesn't strike out a lot of people anymore. Like, like yeah, I, I get the basics. But like what the what the ISO and the WOBA and all, I, I don't, don't care. It's all in the projections. So who cares? Why am I spending my time doing that? To look at the things that are already, the answers are, I already have the answer key. I don't need to know why. And then I just have to build good lineups. Build plus EV lineups with that projection and that ownership as a bulk. Obviously in baseball, you can be stacking. But in basketball, you're doing the same exact thing. DJ A Dog. This is this is not the last week of NBA content, but it'll be transitioning more to baseball to MLB, I would think. Right? Baseball's a little bit more interesting, I think. Free copyright music. How would you approach tonight's slate? Game to target, value player for GPP. Did I not did did people just not listen to the past 20 minutes of the show? This is the reason why I don't mind giving away exactly how to play. Do you want to make a lot of money playing DFS? Theoryofdfs.com. You get the 15-hour audio course and you actually learn how to play. You'll make money. But, there, you know, a lot of people ask me. A lot of people. Why are you giving, why are you giving this away? Why would, I'm 100% transparent. There's literally nothing I hold back. A lot of people are like, oh, the, oh, the people on these shows, they hold back their plays. They hold back their, 
Like, dude, I give my rotor tracker. I show my fucking results. I show, I literally tell you exactly what I'm doing. In cash games, I'm literally telling you, I play the, play the projected optimal line across three slides. Like, I, I, I mean, I'm, I showed that to you. Didn't have a good day yesterday, but still up 20 grand. I'm like, I'm telling you, I'm literally telling you how to win at DFS. And you know why I do it? Because of free copyright music. Because 95% of people just don't do it. Just, I guess, human nature. And I have no problem. So I said, fine. 5% of people, 5% of people will do it. And I'll still have a several year head start on those 5% of people. So I'm going to, I'm going to do it better than you anyway. Not better than everyone. I'm not, I'm not the best DFS player. So yeah, there are plenty of DFS players that are better than me. But I'll do it better than those 5%. And then 95% of people, they'll, oh, oh, isn't that nice? And then ask and ask stupid questions. How would you approach tonight's slate? Build plus EV lineups with projections, ownerships, and correlations. That's it. Game to target. I don't know. I don't even know the totals of the games. Value player. Based on the, right now, Harden, Jokic, Harrell, Poole, Westbrook, Randall, those are the highest RGV players on DraftKings. You go by Smash, Claxton, basically the Nets. Not much on Portland, though. I guess Lillard, I guess you could play. Yeah, Lillard, I guess, 10K. Jeff Green, this is as of 427 a.m., though. These projections may change. Maybe we don't have Claxton having 22 minutes in this situation. Maybe Bruce Brown gets a bump. Who knows? I'm just going by these numbers. And what game to tie? Well, whatever the projections say. I don't care. I don't even know. I don't know. I, I barely know who's playing. A lot of times I could show up for a slate 15 minutes before the slate starts. Literally have no clue who's playing. And still build good lineups and still build and profitable lineups. No problem. All I need are these columns that the projections say. That's it. That's it. I'm done. You're done. You act, you, 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 you seem to think you, how does, how do these top players, how do, how do guys that play 150 lineups, they play 150 lineups across four different sites. They play multiple slates. They play six sports. They play all, yeah, because it's it's all it's all automated. It's like oh, that's what projections help. They have their own projection models, and they go, okay, this is the, I'm going to look at a strategy I want to employ tonight, and then build 150 lineups, and then done and upload onto the next slate. Oh, for the turbo slate, okay, here's 150 lineups for that. Oh, for the late night slate, here's 150 lineups for that. Oh, the uh, the golf showdown slate, here's the uh, here's 150 lineups for that. Oh, the MLB late slate, they're they're playing. They can play. 15 slates in one day you're like well how are they doing all the quote research they're not it's that's the point of projection models that's the point of them is to get is to without any bias distill all of that into a range of outcomes then once you have that it's it's all a math game it's all just putting together a little math board little little portfolios of, of players together that fit certain variables and you go, okay, I got one, done. I got two, done. I got three, done. I got four, done. 
And that's why we see in results DB, like you see their allocations. And depending on how much diversification around what types of lineups they're building, that's where you get the exposures from. Petty Theft built a lot of lineups that have Middleton in it and Brown and Holiday. So he just jammed in smart. Just jammed in a bunch and Sabonis. And then whatever fit around it, that's what he played. So if he ended up getting 4% Malik Monk, then so be it. That that Based on his projections, that's what he got. Pascal Siakam was in 10%. Bogdan Bogdanovich was in one of his lineups. Well, what did he see in Bogdan Bogdanovich? Nothing. He wasn't even thinking of Bogdan Bogdanovich. Just so happened to fit in that spot. Jeff Teague, a little. Kyle Anderson, 4%. Well, what did he see? Oh, Oh, I can't believe he played Kyle Anderson. Well, well, no, several of these people played a little bit of him if he fit in those lineups. Sterling Brown. I mean, obviously, he's like someone like E. Hafner probably had to do something manual to get Brown up a little bit more. But E. Hafner built a lot of contrarian lineups. You could see here by the red. Under on Portis, under on Middleton, under on Graham. He was building a lot of Towns Edwards. He was building a lot of Minnesota lineups. So I could see here. Okay. Which is a contrarian strategy. I mean, he had 31% Doug McDermott. More Brooke Lopez than Bobby Portis. Those are are the types of lineups. Those are the, remember, you can build probably thousands of plus EV lineups, but you can only, you have to choose 150 of them. Which ones did he choose? Well, he chose these types. These players chose the other types. So once you think in terms of lineups and not players, and then you're playing a math game, you see why these why the why these questions don't mean anything. And I know, and I know there are plenty of people that look at what I when I say play whoever you want and and lineups, not players, and just build good lineups. They go, you know, how's that supposed to help me? Well, then you don't get it. But I'm saying it facetiously. Obviously, play you're not you're not playing whoever you want. I feel like playing, you know, whatever. Like, no, it just means that you can make a plus EV lineup with literally with nearly anyone in the player pool. Nearly. I mean, probably not all the way down. You're probably not Avery Bradley at four minutes, probably not. And obviously, the larger the field of GPP, the more likely that's true. Play whoever you want, like literally play whoever you want. It's probably not good for cash games or really small single entry contests, but you may be able to do it. I mean, I could, I, I mean, if if you wanted to play, like for instance, the optimal right now, based on these projections on DraftKings, is 290, 290.94. We don't have any ownership, so we had, I don't know what, that, what ownership sum that's going to be. So 290, okay? So that's the optimal, 290. 290.94. So let's let's say it's 291. Let's pick a player, anyone. I'm just going to scroll down. Players that are poorly projected, you know, whatever. Let's go down to it to a smash percentage of, of garbage. Let's say some set. So it's not zero. So it's just something. You want to play Tyler Hero today? Is there any compelling reason to play Tyler Hero? No. But let's say you wanted to. Let's say. Play whoever you want. You wanted to, so let's lock in hero, and then hit optimize. Two eighty three point five five. So in order to play Tyler Hero, the best projected lineup, 
is going to be about seven points off the median. Now, assuming that you're going to get a lot of ownership discount, you know, Tyler Hero is going to be barely owned. So seven points worth playing this lineup, maybe. In large field, possibly. So if you wanted to play Tyler Hero, there you go. There's a lineup. If you wanted to play, oh, I want uh, Alec Burks today. Run it. 283.56. So you can play this lineup in large field GPP. Let's go down. Let's see. Uh, Anyone, uh, did, let's see, Alfaruk Aminu with a 1% smash at 3,800. Throw him in. Run it. 284.32. This has the requisite ownership discount. It has a projection that's six or seven points below optimal. Perfectly valid for large field GPB. And if Amino goes for 30 points at nothing ownership, you win. As long as everyone else gets there. This is what I mean by play wherever you want. You could, I mean, within reason. Obviously, guys that are projected for like Tory Craig for four minutes, like this projection is going to be way too low, 276. You're probably not playing a guy at 3K that's only projected to play four minutes. You're probably not. The likelihood of this lineup winning is very, very, very low. So you could do this. You could build a lineup with or without Harden, right? Like I said before. Here's a Harden lineup. The optimal is 290.94. X out Harden, 283.91. Still, we're getting into that 283 range. The 280 to 283 range currently in the projections. I'm going to assume that that's going to end up being the sweet spot. So I faded Harden, and I got a lineup that's 283.91. Now I'm going to put Harden back, and I'm going to exclude Poole. 285.51. So that's it. Maybe even a better lineup. Let's fade Claxton also. 282.48. Okay, so now we're getting in that range. Where we're sacrificing five to seven points, five to eight points. This lineup has Harden, but doesn't have Poole or Claxton in it. But this lineup is about the same as the other lineup we saw that didn't have Harden in it. That's what I mean by lineups, not players. But, you know, but now you're playing Len and Jeff Green. Still playing Wiggins. You're playing Chris Paul now. But even if you, let's say, oh, I don't want to play Chris Paul for whatever reason. Let's, let's, whatever. Let's say you didn't want to play Chris Paul. We X him out. 282.48 turns into, where did that go? Where did Paul go? Paul, get out of here. Why can't I get rid of him? I don't want to get rid of Vucevic and Butler, but there's Paul. So Paul's gone. Right, 282.48 becomes 282.14. But you have Aiton in there. Aiton's been horrible, but you could do it. What 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 research am I doing? This process that I'm sh- I'm literally showing you how to play DFS. I don't know. Do people not believe it's this simple? You already have the projections. Do you trust the model? That's the main number. That's the number one thing. If you don't trust the model, then uh, obviously I'm not going to go by any of these numbers. If I think the numbers are garbage, I trust the model. So all I have to do is just build lineups that are better than other people's lineups that are plus EV based on these numbers. I just showed you. Well, I can't play DeAndre Ayton because he sucks. Well, he's 5,900 and he projects for 29.9. That's his range of outcomes. 
Oh, you like the hardened projection, but you don't like the Aiton projection. Well, it's the same model. Maybe Aiton gets lower ownership because people think he sucks. Probably does. I mean, it's, this is nothing new. I mean, I explain this all the time. But sometimes it needs to be reiterated. So when people are like, oh, I, I need all this time to research. Look at how much, what, what, what research am I doing? This is literally what I'm doing. Six o'clock, when six o'clock, an hour before lock comes around, this is, I'm literally showing you what I'm doing. Can I make lineups like this? Can I make lineups like that? Can I make lineups like, oh, I can, I can. I can make lineups like that. Oh, I can make lineups like, then how many lineups am I making? Sometimes I'm only making five GPP lineups. So now I have to really go, uh, what do I want to do? But I'm now I'm playing small field GPP. So now I don't have to go like nutso. I see, can I make a lineup like this? Can I make a lineup like that? Do I get the requisite ownership discount if I don't have this guy in or if I do have that guy in? But I'm just going by the numbers. Or I'm looking in, can can so-and-so and so-and-so from the same team get there together? Can I play Harden, Brown, and Green together? Is that is that is that wise? Am I giving up? Is there negative correlation there? Or if there is, do I even mind if there's negative correlation because the pricing? That, that's all I'm doing. I don't know what their field. I don't know. I don't know what the totals of the games are. Even the opponent. The only time I know the opponents is because oh, if I'm going to play a guy, I'm going to play a guy from the, the other side of the game, type of thing. But what research? I'm showing. I'm literally showing you. I, and this, this, then this is the thing. I could. I, I. I've shown this so many times. I do it on this show, and people will still look and go like, "What's the value play? And what's the what's the game stack? And what's the, and, and and ask all the questions that." I don't even consider. Like, I don't even think about it. What game to stack? I don't know. Stack? Like, 2-1 or something? Yeah, sure, if it if it fits together. Or what team's going to blow out another time? I don't know. I don't even know the totals. I don't even know the spreads. I don't know anything. I don't know. Why? What does it matter? It's already in the numbers. It's already in there. So what does it matter? So I hope you get something out of it. I, I This is what I try to do on this show, ed- educate people. A little entertainment, I guess, yeah. But for all the people that that, that have been watching me for forever, nothing of what I've said the past half an hour is, I've, I've been saying this for, say this all the time. I feel like I'm on a repeat. But that's the reason, because 95% of people just don't do it. No, this it can't be. That's not the way that I'm telling you. That's it's a math game. You could stumble upon the correct answer to your math problems by, oh, I think this guy's going to smash or that. You do all that. Yeah, sure, okay. A lot of it is straightforward. Kyrie is Kyrie Irving is out. You play James Harden. I mean, Durant's out also, right? It doesn't take a genius to know that they're going to be projected well, right? The Harden's going to be projected well. Right, Steph Curry's out for the Warriors. They still didn't price the Warriors up enough, I guess. You're probably playing the Warriors. Like, you did you need a projection for that? No, those things are kind of the more obvious ones. But then past there, it's like then then who do you play? Well, I'm going to play Julius Randle against the Washington because I play centers or whatever against. Well, you could. I mean, he has a 50.8 median. He's fine. Do you play Jokic against Orlando? I mean, it's not a matter of the players. Like, how do you fit these guys in your lineup? 
Are there lineups that have Randall? Like, are there Jokic Randall lineups? So let's say I do that. Jokic Randall. I probably can't play Harden, or maybe I can. Maybe it tries to jam everyone in. About two seventy nine. No Harden, but you play Randall Jokic. Well, until I know what the ownership of this lineup is going to be, I can't judge right now. But two seventy nine is pretty pretty low from the optimal. I mean, you're giving up about 11 points to do a non-hardened Jokic-Randall lineup. But let's say you just want Randall and no Jokic. You probably play Harden. All right, there you go, 286.11. So if you wanted to do if Randall was low enough owned, what's wrong with this lineup? There's nothing wrong with this lineup. But let's say you want to play Jokic. There you go. 287.08. Get Harden, Jokic, but you don't have Randall. These would be more viable lineups than the ones that don't have Harden in it at all. Unless Harden just completely fails. Which you can do. If Harden ends up being 70% owned, maybe now the leverage may be worth it to do more non-Harden lineups. If Harden is going to be 35% owned, then maybe it's not. But it doesn't come down to, is Harden going to have a good day today? None of that matters. That's what I try to do on this show. Educate you. Playing DFS. As a ma- as a game. Not even as a math game. Just as a game. You're playing as other people. So hit that thumbs up button. The thummy thumbs. On your way out the door. Appreciated it. I mean, you could probably, you could go back a, a month from now. Uh, a month. And I, I've said the same thing. I've, I've showed this before. That's what this show is. I mean, it. it it's a review show. I mean, we answer questions. I repeat myself a lot. That's that's what's because we'll get new people. Because three months from now, I'll have to do this whole spiel all all over again. But I'll, we'll have some new people that look at it. Okay, I'm always here trying to help, trying to be 100 percent transparent, help you, help you win at DFS. Hopefully, not in the contest I'm in. That, that's 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 the only thing, right? I I don't want you to be in my contests. Uh, uh, but th- there's enough contest that it doesn't matter, right? And 95% of the people don't do it anyway. So what do I have to worry about? So, uh, so yeah, so uh, we got slate tonight. Like I said, anything that we talked about, Harden, Pool, any, any of these guys, who knows what's going to happen, right? We, we don't know. Hard, maybe Harden's out. He's questionable. Doesn't he have a sore back or sore neck or something? Maybe he's out also. Then what? Then, 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 then you're playing all the nets. Then it's Bruce Brown season, right? It's everyone's season. So we don't know that. But we'll know that closer to luck. But that's what I do do in the morning. That's why we go over strategy in the morning here. Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Here on YouTube. On the DFS pregame show. Here on rotogrinders.com. 